Praise the Lord. He's faithful, isn't he? You guys look great this morning. Such a blessing to be in the house of the Lord. Some of you guys have been camping and got caught in the cold. Glad you're back without frostbite. Some of them have gone camping. Don't understand why. It's too cold for that. But anyway, we're glad you're here. We have some of those who are making their trek to Florida for the winter. They're like birds, you know. They fly south for the winter, you know. And um, we'll get to see them around March, April. They do watch online. Good to see you guys. (laughs) It's good to praise the Lord, isn't it? There's a... um, there's a, a hymn or a, a psalm, Psalms 92, 1 says, it is, good, it is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praise to your name, O Most High, right? There was a, back when I was youth pastoring a long time ago, there was a guy who played the piano and, and he come in and start singing, it is good to praise the Lord and make music to his name. Almost high, it is good to praise the Lord and make music to his name. Almost high, to declare your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night is my delight. It is good to praise the Lord and make music to his name. Almost high. Come on, right? If you're a guest today, they indulge me around here every once in a while. Please fill out a visitor card. We will search you down. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we're, gl- we're glad you're here. You know, I don't know about you, but I, growing up, my mom taught me to say please and thank you. How many was raised that way? If you're not, we'll talk to you afterwards because it's a good thing. Please and thank you. I remember as a, a little, a real little guy... My older brothers would walk down. We lived within a few blocks of a store called Drazen's. And, and we would walk down to the store. And my brothers, you know, it was down a road. So they would have me, one on each side of me as we walked. And we'd go into Drazen's. And it was an older gentleman who ran the store. And, and he was, you know, super nice. But my mom, after our, my brothers had did chores for the week and all that good stuff, she would give them an allowance to go down to buy candy or whatever they wanted to buy at the store. Of course, I wasn't old enough to get an allowance, and so I didn't have one. But something I learned is that if I could go in, and I know that I might not look cute now, but, but, but I was cute back then. <laughs> but I, I would walk in, and, and my brothers would be getting their things, and I'd be looking at Mr. Drazen and saying, please. <laughs> And, and and sure enough, it must have worked because I would usually end up leaving with a little piece of candy, and I would definitely say thank you afterwards. You know, it, it isn't it a joy? It's almost a pleasure to give something to someone who has a thankful heart, who appreciates it, who values it. When somebody, you can tell when somebody truly appreciates what you've done, because there's a sense of of wanting to do something back, or a sense of wanting to 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 say how much they appreciate or how much they thank you for it. Well, how much more is that the same with our relationship with God? 
Don't you believe that God wants us to be thankful to him? I mean, when you look at the scripture, it is, good, it is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High. Why is it good to give thanks to the Lord? Well, first of all, I believe that I believe God wants us, I believe it's a command of God to, to be thankful, right? God wants us to be thankful. God wants, I mean, when you think about also being thankful is a sense of, uh, uh, of opening up the atmosphere for the presence of God. The Bible says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. In other words, it is a, is a setting of the atmosphere that allows uh, the presence of the Lord to permeate the place when we have a, a thankful heart. It also honors and magnifies God because he's worthy of it all. Amen? More than anything else that we give value to, more than anything else that we give praise to, the Lord Jesus Christ is worthy of all the praise. No matter how much we doyle out for everything else, all that combined, God is more worthy of every bit of it. He's worthy of praise. Amen? Amen. That's all right. Give him praise. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thanksgiving also produces the peace of God in our heart. Ephesians chapter, I'm sorry, Philippians chapter 4 says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your request. This is how it goes. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God that, that passes all human comprehension will guard your hearts and your mind through Christ Jesus. How many's ever had uh, your mind to play tricks with you? Come on. I mean, no, there's a warfare that goes on sometimes in our mind. And, and, and what the scripture says is if we will, with thanksgiving, bring our request to the Lord, that the peace that passes understanding, the peace that passes our human comprehension, will be able to guard what? Your mind and your heart, right? So when we begin to give thanks, it gives peace to our heart. It puts a pe the peace of God into our mind. It allows there to be a peace in our journey. Thank you, Jesus. Amen? I want us to look at a few other ways that why it is good to give thanks to the Lord. And, and one of those ways is I believe it's an indicator of our true heart condition. It's an indicator of our true spiritual condition. Psalms chapter 140 verse 13 says, The righteous shall give thanks to your name. The righteous. How I many know that if you're walking in right relationship with God, that you're going to give thanks to his name, right? The person who gives thanks to the God demonstrates that their heart is in a right relationship with God. I, I heard the old saying that the gospel, the gospel is guilt, grace, and gratitude. Guilt, grace, and gratitude. Why do you say that? Well, because the person who knows that, that he was guilty, undeserving of the grace of God, undeserving of, of, of all that God has, but deserving of God's wrath. Think about this. That God loved him so much and poured out his grace on him that, that he, he has a heart that is grateful because he recognizes where he came from. How many know, how many know what I'm talking about? 
The person who who has been made righteous knows that he has no righteousness of his own. He understands that he's grateful because he knows that without the love of Jesus Christ, there would be no hope of tomorrow. There would be no hope of the future. There would be no hope of receiving the gifts that God wants to give us. And apart from the cross of Calvary, apart from the grace of God, and apart from the love of God, we wouldn't have anything. So therefore, we are grateful for what God's done for us. How many remember where God brought you from? Amen? Too many times we're looking at others and, and, and we're looking down because we see where they are and we have forgotten where God brought us from. We forgot the pit that God found us in and he brought us out of the pit and he set us on the rock to stay. And the same God who loves us wants to love somebody else and therefore we have a heart of gratitude of what God has done for us. Amen? Amen. Praise God. You know, it's, it's good thing to praise the Lord. It's a good thing to give thanks to God because it is the will of God. So many times I've, I've sat down with people who, who want to ask, and Brother McGarity, I know you have felt the same experience. People said, I don't know what the will of God is for my life. What is the will of God for me? And I love, you know, young people are like, should I take this job? Should I go to this school? Should I date this person? Of course, I'm usually saying no on that one. Should I marry this person? Absolutely not. I have a strategy in in premarital counseling. And if I can talk you out of it, it wasn't meant to be. I shouldn't have said that out loud. Now everybody knows the strategy. (laughs) But constantly people are looking for... What is the will of God? And so many times I think we've, we've put in the will of God in terms of what we do and the places we go. And, and reality is, is the, the will of God, if you look throughout scriptures, is, is much more simple than the places we go and the things we do. Uh, because when we look at it, in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18 tells us the absolute truth about the will of God. It says, in everything give thanks. In everything give thanks. Why? Because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So what is the will of God? I I know what the will of God for you is. I can tell you, we can sit down, we can talk about it. Be thankful in everything. It's the will of God for me to be thankful in every circumstance, in every aspect of life, to be thankful for what God's done and what God is doing. Because when we have an attitude of gratitude, we know that God will give even greater gifts. Come on. If we're stingy and we hoard things and we're ungrateful and, and, and we're not in an attitude of gratitude, then who wants to give somebody to somebody who's unthankful? But when we walk in thanksgiving, God begins to open up doors. He begins to give gifts. He, he, we begin to find favor in his sight. Amen. Ephesians chapter 5 and 17 says, So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. God wants us to know his will. He wants us to grasp a hold of his will. The second part of verse 18 says, Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Look to somebody and say, God wants us to be filled with the Spirit. Yes, he does. So then, when you look at what is, is it good to give thanks to the Lord, one of those reasons is because it's an evidence of being filled with the Spirit. Now, I had a conversation with someone uh, last week who was struggling because they were listening to 
a podcast or a, an online preacher or something, and I don't know. And, and they said, Pastor, I'm not sure if I'm saved. Because this man says, if I'm not filled with the Spirit, then I'm not saved. Well, her mindset was talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I don't want you to be confused by that. Because when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, how many understand that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? And when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then the Spirit of God resides in you. Come on. And so that is a separate gift of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is an empowerment of the Holy Spirit and gives us spiritual gifts to do things. But evidence of the Holy Spirit, when we look at the Holy Spirit, it, um, be filled with the Spirit. Paul says, be filled with the Spirit. Verse 18 says, do not be drunk with wine. That is, that is a dis dissipation. That word means incorrigibleness. In other words, one who is unable or unwilling to be corrected or reproved. Someone who has abandoned and has a desolate life. So what, what is the, what the, what the word of God saying right there? It's saying, look. This is the will of God. Don't be foolish, but know what the will of God is. Don't be one who has abandoned life, who is living aimlessly in whatever they want to live, uncontrolled, unmanageable, uncorrectable, unreprovable, but live according to the Spirit of God. Be filled with the Spirit of God. How many know we need to be filled with the Spirit of God? Amen. Now look, you can look at me and you may not see the Holy Spirit. I can look at you and I may not see the Holy Spirit in you. So how do we know that we have the Holy Spirit? Well, we know that we have the Holy Spirit because of the actions that take place because of the Holy Spirit in us, right? Yes, amen. So, verse 19 and 20 of Ephesians chapter 5 gives us what those giftings and what that looks like when we begin to walk in the Holy Spirit. Verse 19 says, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord. And it goes on in verse 20, says, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. No, you know, my wife, we were reading the scripture together uh, this past Wednesday morning. And, and, and we were discussing the fact that, you know, I'm pretty good at this because I like to sing. And she said, it has nothing to do with singing. She didn't say that. Well, I'm just talking, okay? <laughs> but we were discussing the fact that if we walk in the Spirit and we're to sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, I begin to reflect on the psalms. And I look at the psalms. The psalms are very emotional. David was not afraid of sharing his emotion. Sometimes he was angry. Sometimes he was lonely. Sometimes he was depressed. But what the Psalms do is they always point you to God. David always found himself in a position with his hands raised to the Lord, understanding that he didn't understand the situation. He didn't always understand the enemy camped around about him, but he always understood that God was with him, and that God would be with him, and God would protect him through every bit of it. So when we're walking in the Spirit of God, we can help somebody who's struggling. We can help somebody who feels overwhelmed by life. And we can say, you might see this and you might feel this, but I'm here to encourage you that the truth of God is that God is with you and He will encourage you. He will lift you out of your miry clay. He will help you through whatever situation you find yourself in. 
Amen. You know, I, I, I love to sing hymns. That's why, you know, I enjoyed this morning singing. They actually put me on the list to sing. Thanks, Bev. <laughs> but when I start recognizing that hymns are something that uplifts us, I heard an old, old story. How a Savior came. Come on, somebody. We can start talking about victory in Jesus. He plunged me through victory. Come on. It is something that uplifts us. It's something, you know, we, we, we sing hymns and a lot of people say, well, you know, we need to sing more hymns. And I think we should sing hymns. The reason we sing uh, spiritual songs is because it begins to bring our direction this way. Hymns brings us this way. Spiritual songs brings us this way. It puts our attention on the Lord. So if we're walking in the Spirit of God and we're walking in a life that is full of thanksgiving and we're filled with the Spirit, then we will be encouraging to others. We will be ones who lift each other up. We'll be one who brings people to the throne room of heaven because of what we say and, and how we say it. Amen? Amen? All right, Pastor, you're lingering too long on that, man. <laughs> how do you know? How do you know you're... Fill the Spirit. Well, of course there's the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5 and 22 to 23. For the fruit of the Spirit is love, peace, joy, right? Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against us there is no law. We should display those fruit. How many of you guys are fruity people? No, I'm just don't ask you that. Somebody said you are fruit loop, dude. <laughs> If we are a thankful people, we will also display these characteristics. If we're walking in a thankful life, we will be kind, patient, loving, long-suffering. We'll have these fruits in us, displayed through us. Look, James, before I get to James, don't, don't throw it up yet. The fact is, is I can't walk around complaining Bitter and murmuring if I'm walking in thanksgiving. Because if I am thankful in every circumstance, according, this is what the will of the Lord is. Be thankful in all things. This is the will. If I'm thankful in all things, I'm not going to be walking around murmuring and grumbling and griping about everything. I won't walk around with a critical spirit because that is not the same. That's almost the opposite of thanksgiving. Oh, Lord, help us. James chapter 4 and 1 says, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? What is he saying? He's saying, look, you can't walk in the Spirit and also fulfill the lust of the flesh. You can't be full of yourself and full of the Holy Spirit. I mean, think about it this way. If I had a container and I poured in, Pickle juice. Some of your mouth's already just puckered. Well, I can't, I can't pour something sweet into that, like a good old nice southern sweet tea, and it not be affected. Right? How many of y'all could use a little sweet tea right now? Some sweet, I can tell. Put a smile on your face. 
So in other words, I can't have it both ways. I can't walk in bitterness. I can't walk with the brokenness of my past and, and, and allow the Spirit of God to, to, to move in me unless I'm willing to do something about the past. I've got to allow God to heal the brokenness. I've got to allow God to heal the, the wounds of the inside. Is that right? Amen. Amen. I think of 2 Kings chapter 4. And this is Elijah, and he had called the prophets, the, the prophets together. And, and, and he said, prepare a pot of stew, right? And so the guys began to put on a pot of water and begin to prepare a pot of stew. And they, and they went out and began searching for good herbs to put in. But guess what they found? They found some good herbs, but then they found a wild vine. They found a wild vine, and, and the wild gourds they cut up and put into the pot. And as that simmered and cooked down, it all blended together, and, and they began to pour it out to each one of them. And, and when they began to taste it, they recognized something was wrong. And they shouted out, Oh, man of God, there's death in the pot. Come on, somebody. Look, we can't walk around with death in the pot. We can't walk around with wild gourds in the pot. We can't walk around with, with brokenness in the pot. We can't walk around with bitterness. Because if God's called us to be the light of the world and we are so dim because of all the past junk we're carrying around, how can we be light when the light in us is so dark? We need to allow God to move in us. We need to allow God to flow through us. We need to allow God. They, they call the prophet and the prophet threw something in. Uh, some, the word says meal, but literally it means ground. Sometimes we've got to grind up the past. We've got to put aside the past and let God take it out of us so that we can become the, the stew that he wants us to be that is simmering and savoring to a world that is hungry and lost. We are the people of God, his hands and his voice, and, and, and we are to represent, represent him in such a way that people want to be where we are. Amen. Y'all still love me? Woo! I mean, even Isaiah, Wednesday night I, I stated this, that Isaiah... He found himself in, in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 5. He said, oh, I, I'm a man of unclean lips. And I dwell amongst the people of unclean lips. Right? Woe is me. See, too many times we want to point the fingers at, Lord, look at all these people I'm with. Come on. Isn't that, isn't that the response of the world? Every time we get called is, man, so-and-so brought me into this. It's, it's kind of like the... Adam and Eve syndrome, right? I mean, if they weren't so mean to me, I wouldn't be so mean. Look, I, the reality is, is that if we're walking in the Spirit of the Lord, then we should display the fruit of the Spirit. Jesus was beaten. Jesus was wounded. Jesus was accused and yet did you see him respond with bitterness with anger with hate because he walked in thankfulness right we need to like Isaiah woe is me I mean here's the prophet of God 
Here's the man of God. He, he recognized it. He took responsibility for his own, his own behavior. He took responsibility for his own hurt, his own uh, stuff, if you will, his brokenness, his defects of character, his bad attitude. He said, look, woe is me, Lord. I'm the one that's been speaking these things. I'm the one that's acting this way. I'm the one that's had this attitude. It's only when we recognize and willing to address our own stuff that we can allow the angel of the Lord to take the coal off the altar and touch our lips and cleanse us to make us what he wants us to be. Amen. The grateful person feels a great sense of unworthiness. The, the, the statement is, I have so much more than I deserve. But one who is ungrateful is always declaring, I deserve so much more than I have. Doesn't that sound a lot like our world today? I don't have this and I don't have that and they've got it and I should have it too. God help us, right? A thankful life, thankful lips, the attitude of gratitude is, is an evidence that I am filled with the Holy Spirit. Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Does it demonstrate in you? Does, can you? Can you see these fruits bared in your life? It's a good thing to praise the Lord. It's a good thing to give thanks to the Lord because... A thankful person displays the characteristics of Christ. Thankful people are like Jesus. You know, the, the people were called Christians at Antioch. It was really derogatory. It was, it was not meant to be something that we're proud of. But Christian meaning Christ-like. And, and we throw the word out very flagrantly these days. I'm a Christian. But don't watch the way I drive. I'm a Christian. But don't look at how I behave when I don't get my way at the, uh, at the grocery store or at the, at the restaurant. We've got to be careful. Are we representing him in such a way that we display the characteristics of Christ Jesus? It's interesting to, to look throughout the scriptures and and through the Gospels and find the number of times where, where Jesus himself gave thanks. He was thankful, right? If we look at Luke chapter 10, in this, in this time, I'm going to close in about 10 minutes. If somebody wants to come on, what did you find? Oh, Siri is always trying to find something on me. Somebody wants to come and play. In this scenario, in this context, Jesus is praying. He had just sent his disciples out. He had sent 70 disciples out. Sent them out to, to go do a mission work. And man, these guys had done amazing things. They, they came back to Jesus and like, man, look. We cast out demons in your name. The, the, even the demons were subject to us. And Jesus said, look. Don't just be thankful that 
that demons were subject to you. Don't just be thankful that you had authority over the demonic, but be thankful for this. Be thankful that you have a relationship with God, that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And then he began to to pray something in verse 21 Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. I thank you that you have hidden these things from the wise and the prudent and revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for for so it, it seemed good in your sight. Lord, help us. I thank you, Father. Jesus, in all those experiences, took time. To recognize where the authority came from. We sang a song earlier that we have the authority. But are we thankful for the authority? Do we misuse the authority? Are we ungrateful? Are we, do we mistakenly just pass it by as if it's just something on the shelf that we can pull off when we need it? Or do we walk in that authority every single day? If I'm thankful for something, I'm going to cherish something. If I'm thankful for something, I'm going to value and I'm going to appreciate. It's going to be the first thing on my shelf when I look at it. It's going to be the thing thing that I use. I've got like three or four coffee mugs that are the priorities. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all are the same way. I've got a whole shelf of them. But there's three or four that it's my go-to. And even, Jim, even if I can't find them, I start looking in the dishwasher. Bro. And then I start going to my boys' rooms. Y'all better not be using my cups. Because those have some meaning to me. And that's just simplistic. I mean, think of all that the Lord has done to us and what He's given us and Do we just place it on a shelf? Do we just set it out to the side and say, well, I'll get to it when I get to it. I'll get it when I I have it. I mean, think about this. In John chapter 11, Jesus went to the tomb of Lazarus. And he recognized, look. In verse 41 it says, when they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was laying, Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. This was before Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. This was before Jesus wept. Jesus understood that the authority of God comes when we are thankful. He said, Father, thank you that you have heard me. How many understand that God hears you? He hears your cry. He understands your heart. He knows where you are. He is just waiting for you to be open enough to say, God, I need you. He's just waiting for you to say, Lord, in this moment, I can't make it alone. I need you. Verse 42 of John chapter 11 says, And I know that you always hear me. Somebody needs to get that in your spirit today. When you come with an attitude of thanksgiving, the Lord always, always hears you. He went on to pray and and God did the miraculous. Before, Before everything was ever manifested, before anything ever happened, Jesus understood 
enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Look, we're a child of God. If you pray in the name of Jesus, by the virtue of his righteousness, you approach God through Christ Jesus. The scripture says God will hear you. Hallelujah. Over and over. We can look at all the times that Jesus gathered the 5,000 before there was ever a miracle made. The Bible says that he broke, he gave thanks, he broke it, and he blessed it. For the 5,000, for the 4,000. Even at the moment of the Last Supper when he was gathered with his, with his wonderful disciples, knowing that one of them was about to betray him, what did he do? He gave thanks, he broke it, and he blessed it. God wants us to get into a pattern of thanksgiving. Look, I, I know. We go to Bojangles and we get that biscuit. We look around. Yes, Jesus. Do we make it a matter of our heart to give thanks to Him? When we're with our friends, when we're with our family, with co-workers, about my brother-in-law, He's written like four or five books now. And I've never, ever, ever heard him say that he wrote these books. And anytime I've ever heard anyone say how much they enjoyed it or what a good job, he always comes back with a response. Thank you, Jesus. Because he recognized that what he has done is only a gift of the one who gave him the ability, Jesus Christ. Look, when we get to heaven, there's going to be thanksgiving going out through eternity. I mean, what do the elders do? In verse in, in Revelation 11, verse 16, it says, The 24 elders who sat before God on the throne fell on their faces, and they worshiped God, saying, We give you thanks, O Lord God Almighty, the one who is, who was and who is and who is to come, because you have, you have taken your great power and reigned. Look, one of these days, folks, we're going to join together with the saints. Basically, what we're doing, we're practicing. We're practicing for the presence. We're practicing. This is the journey ground. We're, we're in preparation ground for being around the throne. And one day, when we get into heaven, none of the things that we have gained on this earth will ever matter. I mean, these guys received crowns and yet every one of them took the crowns and cast them at Jesus' feet because they recognize he's more worthy and he's the greater gift his presence is the greatest gift so why would we not want to be in his presence if we enter his gates with thanksgiving we enter his courts with praise God is so good to us, isn't he? Has he been good to you? 
I pray that we're going to take communion here in a moment. But I want to take just a few moments. And I just want us to to spend a, a few moments of just thanking God for what He's done. Thanking God for the gift that He's given us. Thanking God for the grace that that we have every day. Look, we've had, over the past month, we've had numerous people go through surgeries. We, I mean, we, we should have the bionic people around here before long. We've had hips and knees. I'm surprised we hadn't had brains. I don't know. I mean, so many people have, have struggled with various sickness. But we have a lot to be thankful for. We have our families, we have friends, neighbors, but more than anything, we have Him. Can we pause? Can Whether we stand, if you feel like you want to kneel, they're going to sing one song, and I just want us to spend that time, and let's just give Him thanks. And as we do, after we do that, our ushers are going to come, and, and Sean this morning is going to lead us in communion. Let's stand and worship him for a moment. Give him thanks. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because he's I just thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that your word declares that you have given us life and life more abundant. I thank you, Jesus, Lord, that every morning that we get up, we receive the gift of your mercy because your mercy is made new every morning. I thank you, Lord, that that in my failure, in my brokenness, that you have given us the grace of God. For your word says that my grace is sufficient. And Lord, I thank you, God, that where sin has abounded, that your grace has abounded much more. I thank you, Jesus, that, that you have not left us alone on this journey. But God, that your word declares that I will not leave you nor forsake you, but I will be with you until the end of the age. And Lord, as 
I thank you, God, that your presence is that promise that gets me through every day. Lord, I thank you, God, for the body of Christ that you have placed me a part of. And, Lord, for the gifts and the talents and the diversity of gifts and talents that there are. I thank you, Jesus, that we can come together. We might have different ideas and opinions of how to do things. But, Lord, that we can come together in one mind and one accord and we can worship you because there's one thing for sure that we know without a shadow of a doubt that you are the Lord and you are our Savior and that you are our God and we can worship you together. Lord, I thank you, God, for this local congregation. God, for the, for the talents and the gifts that are within us. I thank you, God, that you, that you have in, inspired and you have encouraged many to be involved. And I pray, God, that as we honor and glorify you, as we thank you for all that you've done, I thank you, God, for the people that you send, for the ministries that you have allowed us to partake in, recognizing that none of this is ours, it's all yours. And Lord, help us to be good stewards of, of the ministry that you have allowed us to partake in. Let us be good stewards of the people that you have allowed us to be a part of. Help us to recognize that every single person is valuable and be thankful for each and every person. Help us to recognize that, that just as you care and are compassionate, that we also remain caring and compassionate. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, that you loved us so much that you were willing to down the cross. You were willing to suffer the cross of Calvary so that we might receive the eternal gift of salvation. And Lord, help us not be discontented by the things of this world. Help us not find, find ourselves bogged down with only looking at this world. But God, help us to keep our eyes on you. Because looking that even in the midst of the Garden of Gethsemane, before your crucifixion, you were thankful. If you can be thankful in the situation of crucifixion, God, I pray that no matter what circumstances, whether it be homelessness, whether it be that we don't have or, or, or whether we're not getting our way in what we think we should. God, help us to find ourselves thankful because in every circumstance, ultimately, you're still God. And we surrender to you, Jesus. We praise you, God, for all that you're doing, all that you're going to do. And we bless your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our usher's going to come right now. I'm Sean Dillinger. Uh, it's my privilege to serve as uh, to serve this church, leading on the usher team. Uh, usually, we're, we partake of communion on the first Sunday of the month, um, but we're very careful not to be religious about this. Um, this month was a great opportunity for us to come to combine celebrating Thanksgiving and celebrating what our Savior did for us. 
This is a special time of, of connection with Jesus for each one of us where we take time to reflect on things we are thankful for. And I can't think of anything to be more thankful for than the hope I have because Jesus died on a cross for me. He changed my life and gave me the opportunity to share his message with the people closest to me so that he could change them. someone specific like my father God answered my prayers and did so for years and I didn't even know it until after his death recently but I can praise the Lord for that so today I'm here to share in my thankfulness with all of you When Jesus was in the upper room with the disciples, he spoke to them, and this is what he said. As they were in Mark 14, verse 22, as they were eating, he took bread, and after blessing it, he broke it and gave it to them. And he said, this is my body. Has everyone, has everyone been served? What Jesus did on the cross by giving his body broken for us. When we recognize that, that really changed all of our lives for all of us believers. That brokenness is a special time for us to remember and look back on now. We remember that and we remember the bread that this represents, that brokenness. If, if we'll all take the bread now and we'll pray. Lord, thank you for this bread. Pray that you would bless it. We thank you for your body given on the cross, for broken and given for our sins. We thank you for your love that you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's take the bread. Jesus went on in verse 23. And he said, he, and it says, he took the cup, and when he, he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank of it. And he said to them, this is my blood, the covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly I say to you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. Let's pray for the juice. Lord. Thank you for your blood poured out for our sins. Your sacrifice means that we can be one with you again in heaven. 
we love you and we appreciate the sacrifice that you made so that we could be one with you again and we can enjoy that relationship with you. We pray your blessing over this, this wine. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you, Sean. Father, we just praise you. God, I pray that this week, as we gather with family, I pray that your Holy Spirit will encourage us and strengthen us. Lord, I pray for our widow and widowers. Lord, I pray for those who are, may find themselves alone in this season. Lord, I pray that your presence will permeate the places where they are that you'll embrace them and let them know, God, that you are there to encourage and strengthen them. Lord, thank you, God, for the privilege that we have of, of celebrating the gifts that you gave us, your life on the cross of Calvary. Lord, may we never take it for granted. May we always be thankful. We give you praise today and always. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Love you guys so much. Thank you. I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Remember Wednesday night because of all of the uh, gatherings and stuff, we will not be having our Wednesday night normal service. So Lord willing, we'll see you uh, next Sunday unless further notice is required. <laughs> we do have CR um, tomorrow night. God bless you guys.